Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Chad Randall at Life Story Church. We are a grassroots church located in the heart of the Bellevue community in Nashville, Tennessee. Our services are streamed live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We would love for you to join us. Now here's Pastor Chad Randall. Well, uh, with that, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it tonight. Um, uh, This past Sunday, we were in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, and we touched on how uh, the the wrath of God Uh, is being revealed against those who suppress the truth. So I wanted to take this evening uh, to spend a little bit more time breaking that part of it down. And that's actually our sermon title for tonight. Can we see that graphic, everybody at home? This is our sermon title tonight. Those who suppress the truth. Those who suppress the truth. I think it's important uh, that we take a little bit more time to break down uh, this specific verse uh, tonight. We didn't have all the time I wanted to on Sunday to do it, so I want to take a little bit more time tonight. I think it's important we do so because of the last two years that we have all just lived through. Uh, By now, now, we're all familiar uh, with images like this. Can I see this next graphic up on the screen? I'll just let it sit there for a second. I won't leave it up there too long because I don't want to give anybody uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Uh, we're from pretty familiar with uh, images like this, false information, uh, the inaccurate information. This has been independently fact-checked, right? That's my favorite one. Uh, we're familiar after the last two, two years with these images. The problem is, the problem is, that much of what they're saying is false isn't false. And much of what they aren't censoring is false. This is truly, truly a time unlike any other in the history of the world. It really is, certainly, certainly in the United States, but forget the United States, the history of the world, and not because there are those that endeavor to suppress truth, but because we are living in this era of technology and the explosion of knowledge that Daniel foretold would come at the end of the dispensation of grace. Even even if what I was reading, okay, or watching on said video platform, even if, it, even if what I was watching or, or reading wasn't true, I wouldn't want a bunch of technocratic oligarchs telling me I couldn't read it. Am I alone in that? Or can I get an amen on that one? It's, if it's false, hear me now, if it's false then won't time do the telling on that one? If something is false, won't time do, do the telling on it? You know, if certain, let's say this, if certain therapeutic drugs that have been FDA approved for, I don't know, 60 years, some maybe even having won the Nobel Peace Prize for other uses, if they don't actually work and said doctors who are now censored say, if they don't work as the said doctors who are now censored say, then 
then we should see that prove itself out in a short order, shouldn't we? But that's not what we're seeing, is it? That's not what we're seeing. And that's just one example. That's, that's just one example. How about this one? Why in the world, with all of this talk of, um, of uh, vaccines and the shot and all that stuff, with all this talk of M- mRNA, why in the world would the inventor of mRNA sequencing need to be censored on social media? You'd think that we would want to hear from him, right? I mean, even if, even if he's proven to be wrong, we should probably listen, don't you think? There are so many narratives, so many narratives and claims that we are hearing on the news repeated verbatim, literally verbatim on every news channel. Have you ever seen those collages on, on uh, YouTube or uh, I think Tucker Carlson will put some on sometimes or the Blaze might put them up there. Literally they go through people in every local news channel that they're say, repeating the same thing. And the reason that is is because they get their talking points from an organization called Media Matters. And if you've never looked that up and you're not familiar, I encourage you to do so. There are so many narratives that we're hearing repeated verbatim on every mainstream channel. Claims that are proven, literally, these claims they're making are proven to be false, or at a, minute, at a minimum, they're innocently uh, inaccurate, right? It's hard to know what to believe anymore. It's hard to know who to believe, right? It would be confusing. It all would be very confusing, if, if we as Bible-believing Christians didn't know that there is something else that is really going on behind the scenes. And we do know that, don't we, church? We do know that. It would be confusing if we didn't know that what we are witnessing is a spiritual struggle and an assault on freedom. But we know that's what we're seeing, don't we? Don't we, church? Sunday, we deduced from the Word of God that the more one lacks a proper reverence for God, the more they will lack any reverence for his creation. So any reverence they may have for the, the, the sons and daughters, even. The, more, the, the lack of reverence they'll have for you, even. Thus, the lack of reverence for the virtues and the principles that our God espouses. It's for freedom that God has set us free. Yet we see a lack of freedoms, or a lack of reverence, excuse me, a lack of reverence for your rights that are what? God given. Let's look at Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 18. Let's put it up there. Exhibit A, for the record. Can we see that, please? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. As we deduce that uh, ungodliness, you break that down in the Greek, that's where it pulls a lack of reverence for God. Unrighteousness breaks down to wickedness of men who who do what? What do they do? They suppress the truth in unrighteousness. There is a method uh, to the madness of those who suppress the truth, and tonight that's really what we're going to do. Uh, we're we're going to. This message is all going to be 
going to be all about taking that apart. So can I see this first graphic? And we're going to go to this graphic, and we're going to work our way through it in the, over the next 20 minutes or so. There's a method to the madness. Case in point, exhibit A, or point one, I should say, censorship. Those who suppress the truth, what is the first thing that they do? Methodically, they censor. They censor, they censor. They want to keep the truth from being heard. That's what they want to do. Uh, can, Eva, can you, uh, I'm throwing, gonna throw you for a loop here, but can you go back to that picture that was kind of like a collage? Can you go back a little bit and show me that picture? Look at, look at all of these. I think it's, look at that picture on the bottom left of your screen. You'll see the frontline doctors there. Do you guys remember when they all first came out? These are not wackos. These are people who are experts in their field, specifically experts at treating things like viral uh, uh, infections and whatnot, okay? Immediately, do you remember when that video first came out? They, you can come back to me now. The, immediately, they pulled it off of YouTube. It was banned across the internet. What in the world? Why would that have to be suppressed? What good would that do to suppress it? If it's not true, then then it'll be obvious to everybody soon enough, won't it? Won't it? I mean, so case in point there. Let's go back to that. Uh, let's go back to our outline, method of madness. They want to suppress the truth. Keep it from being heard. Cut off the means by which the truth might be heard. That's why we joke around, uh, joke around here at Life Story a lot that, well, we're on YouTube and Facebook for now, right? Uh, they want, they want to cut off the means by which truth can be heard, you know. Uh, and how do you do that? Well, in this, in this age, the first thing you do, the silence of voice, is you censor all online uh, avenues and platforms. The age-old technique, of course, uh, believe it or not, the age-old technique is still hard at work. We see it in northern Africa uh, as... Christians are being killed. We see it in, in uh, Syria and Iraq with ISIS. We saw that, right? Well, we got to keep the truth from being heard, so let's sl slaughter everybody who speaks the truth. That's a time-tested uh, method, isn't it? You know, all throughout the sub-Saharan in Africa right now, in Nigeria, Mozambique, the Central African Republic, Mali, the Democratic Republic of Congo, all throughout those regions, Muslims are terrorizing and slaughtering Christians and have been doing so for years to come. I mean, just even look, at, look to, look to uh, the fate of the disciples. Look to the fate of, uh, look to the fate of uh, Paul and Peter as they were killed for their faith, right? The Romans did that. Back to our outline. Back to our outline. Second thing they do, censorship. They want to keep the truth from being heard. Second thing they do, this is kind of, this is a misdirection. This is lies. This is, this is the cat is out of the bag. We couldn't keep the truth from being heard. So what do we do now that the cat's out of the bag? We've got to do something to counter the truth having already been heard. And what do they do? They try to misdirect and lie. They deny the truth, deny the truth, deny the truth. They claim that the truth is the lie. They claim that the truth is the lie. Nothing to see here. Good is evil, and evil is good. Go on about your business, right? You'll also see they try to discredit 
the messenger of the truth. Whoever it is bringing that truth, they'll immediately try to discredit that person. And this can be in any arena. Any arena. We've certainly seen it in the political arena lately, haven't we? You know, uh, who is the man or the woman bringing the truth, shining the light, whoever that is, what do you do? Dig up their failures, uh, dig up their secrets, or make something up if you can't find any dirt on them. Does that sound familiar at all to anybody? No? Yes? Come on now, talk back to me. I want to see, when I hop off here, I'm going to be excited to see some comments. So I hope you guys are greeting each other and, and you're chatting a little bit here, okay? But they dig up, they, they try to discredit the messenger of the truth. Case and point, John chapter 8. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 8. If you've got them, or if you're a Bible app person while you're following us here, I'm just going to read you one example here, okay? John chapter 8. Because I, you know, while you're looking that up, when we were delivering this message on Sunday, we just had so much to get to. This is so relevant. It, it was so relevant for that, the time that Jesus was here, the time of Paul, and it's been relevant ever since, but especially in this era of history, the time in which we are living, this unprecedented time, those who suppress the truth, I mean, they're, they have slammed the gas pedal to the floor. John chapter 8, we see that the Pharisees tried to do this to Jesus. They tried to discredit Jesus even. John chapter 8, let's read uh, verse 13 through 16. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself, your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I am come from and where I am going. Verse 15, You judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. Verse 16, And yet I do judge. My judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. So they're accusing him of being false. They say, your witness is not true. Imagine looking at Jesus and saying that. Verse 40, let's jump to verse 40. Jesus says, but now you seek to kill me. You seek to kill me. Still the same people he's having conversation with. A man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father, verse 41 says. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. 43. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Verse 44. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. Another translation says he speaks his native language. I love that. For he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, 
you do not believe me. Look at that again. Verse 45, are you, are you, you're gonna have to get comfortable with this, church. You're gonna have to be, you're gonna have to get comfortable with people not believing you and the reason being that you're telling the truth. That's just where society is in large part and where it's going in large part as well. Now, as we said on Sunday, I'm not teaching this today, but as we said on Sunday, the other part of this is, you know, the wrath is not fully come. It's just being revealed. So these, there is still time for people to metanio their mind, change their mind and, and acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and as God, right? So... Uh, and put their hope and faith and trust in him for eternity and, and salvation. But until they do, more and more uh, hearts wax colder and colder. And more and more, as we'll study this coming Sunday, they're given over to a reprobate mind. So we'll continue that, on, uh, that teaching on this Sunday morning as well. But because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. So, they're, they're trying to, they're trying the same thing that the demonic uh, spirit of this age tries to do to any good man or woman that tries to stand up for truth and light and make a difference in our communities and in our nation. These agents of darkness come out to, uh, what do we say? They'll dig up any dirt in their past. They'll, uh, you know, just do whatever they can uh, uh, to slander, smear, uh, besmirch, right? Uh, and if they can't find anything, then they'll just make stuff up and they'll run with that as long as they can because most people have such a short attention span. Um, but what's, uh, other than discrediting the truth, can we go back to our outline? Let's look at our outline. They're multifaceted. So they try to keep the truth from being heard. If the truth does get out, then they try to uh, deny it. If they can't totally deny it, then they try to discredit the messenger. At the same time as discrediting the messenger, what do we see? They try to corrupt the truth itself. Corrupt the truth to the end that it is unbelievable. That it's unbelievable or they add to it. Okay? Romans chapter 1 verse 25, I think we have that in there. What did they do? Let's take a look. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. If they can't put the genie back in the bottle, as they say, they have to change the narrative. They have to change the narrative, change the rules of the game after the game has already started. When you were a kid, did you ever, uh, you know, remember playing on the schoolyard, playing, uh, you know, touch football or... 21 at the basketball hoop or whatnot. I was a real sporty kid, so we played all these games. Nothing more infuriating. Or how about a board game even? How about you've started the game, you're halfway into the game, you might even be winning the game, you're probably winning the game, and then what do we see? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the person you're playing wants to change some of the rules, and you're like, ah, no, 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 no. That's not how this works here, right? The rules were agreed on. Well, that's essentially what they try to do. Uh, they can't put the genie back in the bottle. They've got to change the narrative. Thusly, they start adding to the truth. I've always said there must be some truth. There must be some truth in every lie 
or nobody would believe it. That's true. Nobody, if, if there's no truth in something at all, you know, I mean, nobody will believe it. So, you know, whether you're, twi- whether you're twisting the truth on, say, medicine, right, uh, or taking advantage per, uh, possibly of the flamboyant nature of a politician, right, uh, or perverting the gospel, whether you're doing any one of those things, it's all the same methodology, well, we could twist this a little bit. We could turn that on him, or we could we could spin this whole um, uh, this whole thing uh, in a whole other way. That's yeah, uh, that drugs for horses. Yes, that's it. That's what it is. It's all it's it's all twisting. So whether it's whatever arena you want to put it in, it's still the same methodology. I think it only helps us to understand that. Okay, uh, and this is very relevant to. Uh, twisting of the gospel in particular. Uh, lawless Christianity, if you look back at our outline, lawless Christianity is a product of this. Uh, lawless Christianity, uh, what I mean by that is, you know, I, you know, I said the sinner's prayer uh, at church, and now um, I believe Jesus was real. I believe he died on the cross for me. And so he took all of my sins, paid for them. This is all true, right? But now the bad teaching on top of that is now go live as sinful as you want to, okay? Because you're, because you're not saved by works, then what do works matter? And of course, that, that's contrary to where the Holy Spirit wants, us, wants to lead us after we're saved. Look, works will never save you, okay? They, were, they will never be a means to salvation. They just won't be. However, if you are genuinely enlightened by the Holy Spirit, he seals your heart, gives you new desires. It just rubs against the grain to, what did Paul say? Shall we go on sinning then? By no means, of course not, right? By no means do we just go on sinning. Of course, we will sin because there's sin in us. That's why we need salvation, and we're always being uh, sanctified. It's a process. There's not one. I've never met a perfect person. I've never met one person uh, that didn't sin again after uh, or do a sin after uh, they got saved, right? So uh, put their faith in Jesus. So. Um, and that's a whole other conversation there because there's sin that we are born into broken covenant and then there's sins that we do, which is just in the Greek means to miss the mark. You don't meet the expectation, right? And, you know, so there's, there's a whole sermon in that. But, but lawlessness is this idea that once you're, now you're, it's, a, it's bad thinking about God, like we talked about on Sunday. Wrong believing, Right? It's now that I now that I have been um, now that I have been saved. No responsibilities and no, no even responsibility to have a relationship with Jesus, so on and so forth, uh, which which couldn't be more wrong. First John chapter one verse eight actually uh, says as much, right? Uh, so this flies right in the face of the hyper grace people. Can we read that? First uh, John chapter one verse eight. If we say that we have no sin, then we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Right. So we know it. Thanks be to Jesus Christ. You know, that's because He's our only hope. E- even the best of us, we're 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 desperately lost without Him. So, lawless Christianity, 
a product of twisting of the gospel, much like legalism is a twisting of the gospel, illegalism is a product of the corrupting of the truth. You know, uh, first, in first, or excuse me, not first, uh, Titus chapter 1, rather, in Titus chapter 1, verses 10 through 14, we, some, we see some of this. Can we look at that quickly, briefly? Paul writes to Titus, he says, For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, the Jewish people, who were either Christians that were Judaizers that were trying to get uh, Gentile believers to become Jewish before they could become Christian, which was wrong, and Paul took care of that. Uh, but they were still prevalent, or if they weren't just outright Jews that were unbelieving Jews or Pharisees especially those of the circumcision, verse 11, verse 11, whose, whose mouths must be stopped. Why? Because they're, 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 they're twisting the truth. They are, uh, they are corrupting the gospel, specifically within the church is what he's talking about here. They, they subvert whole households, still in verse 11, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. You know, one may think uh, they are working, uh, uh, you know, one might think that they're working dishonestly for their own gain. I try to think about, like, what are these people thinking? Yeah, but literally, those who, the, those who suppress the truth. What could they be thinking? Paul just says they, they are subverting whole households, teaching things which they ought to not for the sake of dishonest gain. Within the church, people, I mean, what, what is somebody thinking of that? You know, they may, I say this, they may be thinking, because you know, they're obviously scoundrels, they think they're working for their own gain. They might be thinking that they're working for themselves, but they are always working for Satan, <laughs> whether, whether they're aware of it or not. Verse 12, one of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Verse 13, this testimony is true. Wow, what an endorsement by Paul there of the Cretans. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. So yeah, correct them, rebuke them, turn them around. Verse 14, not giving heed to what? And this is where it all comes together, to Jewish fables and to commandments of men. Granted, not commandments of God or instruction teaching of Jesus or uh, the disciples not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. So you see, it's, it's, it's prevalent today. It's always been prevalent. It was prevalent the, the minute the truth gets out. The minute the truth has been out of the bag, Satan has been working overtime to try to suppress it with the same classic, the same classic um, model this, this method of madness, as I called it, to suppress the truth, to suppress the truth. So Sunday, I've been excited to tell you this. Um, Sunday, I issued a call to action um, uh, to our church body here at Life Story Church, and I said, just off the cuff, it wasn't even anything I was planning to, planning to do, it just something that popped out of my mouth that happens sometimes, right? I said to our congregants, I said, ask 10 people this week. Here's my charge to you. Ask 10 people if they think that they're going to heaven and why, right? The average, the reason, reasoning is, you know, the average pagan, you know, is expected to say yes. 
You know, they're expected to say yes. They're expected to say, well, yeah, sure. You know, Valhalla, yeah, whatever. Uh, not really, but sort of. You know, they generally will say, because I'm a good guy, you know, or I'm as, you know, I'm as good as the next guy. I try to do my best. You know, I sure hope so. I'm, you know, but yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm going to heaven. You know, uh, Chris, uh, Chris came to me. Uh, or I talked to him on the phone the other day, and he had said, he's, he had actually taken this to heart. He had already talk, uh, spoken to two people. I think I was speaking to him uh, Monday, and he had already talked, he'd already asked two people, and he'd recorded it. Coolest thing. I was like, well, that's amazing. He said, you'll never believe what happened, though, because we're fully expecting for, to get this, say, this same response of somebody to say, of course, yeah, no, I'm going to heaven, but then not. The reason is like... The, there's, they're likely to think that they're going to heaven, but they truly might not have a proper understanding of what the gospel is, you know? And they really need to be given that gift of freedom and say, well, you're not, it's not because you're a good guy you're going to heaven. Here's, here's why you're going to heaven if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the first two people that Chris had asked, and I'm, I'm sure... I, I hope he doesn't mind me telling this story. I didn't even ask him if I could tell it. But uh, the first two people he asked said they were not going to heaven. And the funny thing is, is one of those two people that he had spoken to, he had just been having a conversation with him, I believe, at the gym. And he had, this guy had said, oh, God has really just, you know, really blessed me, and I have a new job opportunity out of town, and yada, yada, it's going to be great. And Chris said, hey, oh, that's awesome. Well, hey, can I ask you a question? If you die today, are you going to heaven? And the guy said, no. What's interesting is that he obviously had a consciousness and an idea about God, yet he still was self-condemning of himself. And that is just really stuck out to both Chris and myself because not only is it surprising, but I guess it shouldn't, it was surprising, but it, it shouldn't necessarily be surprising, especially in this area, because the gospel is corrupted and has been corrupted to so Many people, church, it has caused so much heartbreak and destruction in the lives of, in lives of people. In like fashion, the truth is being corrupted to such destructive ends right before our eyes to serve only the interests of the global ruling class elite, whatever you want to call them, title you want to give them, the Davos crowd or whatever you want to call them these days, right? Church, my heart just breaks for people. Doesn't your heart just break for people? My heart breaks for people who have have had the gospel, this beautiful gospel, this liberating gospel, the true freedom and relief that you feel and live with when you live a life with the security that Jesus paid it all. And there's nothing for you to do now but rest in him and his finished work. And from there, he's going to give you assignments. How great is that? And whether you fail on those assignments, guess what? He doesn't, he doesn't scold you and throw you out. No, no, no. He gives you another assignment. He says, let's, let's have another go at it, Right? He's always preparing us, always preparing us for what's, what's next, what the next assignment in, his, in our life is. If you're somebody, we're, I was on a radio show this morning uh, with uh, uh, The Go Show uh, with uh, Patricia Samler. And 
you know, we were talking about that. We were talking about that, uh, how, you know, so many people feel like they're in a place where God isn't using them, or maybe they were in a place, but they've transitioned into something else, and they're kind of looking around for, like, hey, God, use me to do something. But it's those times that we need to, uh, we, we need to realize that God is often preparing us for what he's got next, right? Does that make sense? So there's never a time that God isn't using you because he's always using you in some way on the assignment or he's preparing you for another assignment. So maybe you blew that assignment. Now he's going to prepare you for the next one. It's just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing and a beautiful place to be in the presence of Jesus. Am I right? Yet so many people don't know what that is because they, they don't know, they don't have the right Jesus. They haven't heard of the right, they've, they've got a Jesus that requires uh, so much of them to even feel worthy of love, yet he loves you unconditionally. And so many people need to hear that. And that is, that is, that is all due to, this, to those who suppress the truth. And there is a, it is the Antichrist spirit that is behind it 100%. That's what it is. We're struggling against, it's a struggle of light and dark, church. Uh, if I witness one more child walking outside with a mask on while their truth-deprived parents uh, walks uh, with them unmasked, I don't know uh, how, how it's going to go, honestly. It's infuriating. Honestly, it's child abuse. Uh, I think we need to peacefully start asking these people, uh, so why? Why don't you need the mask? Why is that? Why did, you know, they're, they're not at risk. You're at risk. If anybody's at risk here, what's the... Uh, it's heartbreaking. The what the suppression of truth does to people and the true impact it has on people's lives even right now, all around us is heartbreaking. Uh, let's, let's go back to the uh, method of madness. If you can't, if you can't suppress, if, if the truth has gotten out, if you can't keep it from being heard, misdirection is what you've got to do. Counter, a counter to the truth having been heard by denying the truth, discrediting the messenger, corrupt the truth to the end that it's unbelievable or add to the truth because there's some truth in every lie or nobody would believe it. This has led to lawless Christianity. This has led to legalism. And the third thing, denial. Denial, denial. And this is, this is the one that is self-inflicted. This is the one, this is the, this is the, this way, this is the way the truth is suppressed when it's we who are doing it to ourselves, if that makes any sense. In other words, we don't want to believe it. We know, we know the truth. We've heard the truth. There's a big part of us deep down that believes the truth, but we don't want to believe the truth. This is where normalcy bias uh, comes into play. Uh, no, everything's fine. There's not a globalist takeover that's happening right now. There's No, the the... Socialist, communist, Fabian, uh, uh, globalists who are forming a one-world order, trying to establish a financial reset with the Global Economic Forum. Uh, they're taking advantage of a pandemic to accomplish these things. They're, 
everybody in Australia is you know, on lockdown. Basically, their home is a prison camp now. And, um, but no, I don't, I don't want to believe it. That could never come here, right? That could never come here. You hear that all the time. That would never happen here, right? That's normalcy bias. That's, that's people just keep on living their lives like everything's normal. It's normal. Just act normal. It'll pretend it's not there and it won't be there. This is self-inflicted. This is the truth is here to, for you to have it and you don't want to hear it for whatever reasons you've got. Uh, lawless doctrine. Uh, lies mixing with fear, you know, or spiritual laziness, perhaps. How does it come about? I don't know. Lawless doctrine, lies mixing with fear, um, spiritual laziness. Uh, how often do we lie to ourselves, really? When you think about it. How often do we lie to ourselves? Be it about people, you know? Do you lie to yourself about people? You know what? Brandon is going to be a good president. You know, forget about abortion. You know, at least he's not the other guy, right? At least he's not the other guy, you know? It's a, the other guy, you know, who I've chosen to believe a narrative about, you know, at least he's not that guy. A narrative that surely wasn't spun by anyone with evil intent, right? How often do we lie to ourselves about the acceptable nature of our behavior, uh, because we've chosen to believe the lawless narrative that surely wasn't propagated by anybody with evil intent, right? No. The enemy of your soul, and we're going to bring it in for a landing here, guys, okay? The enemy of your soul is actively trying to censor the truth. He doesn't want you to hear it. If you do hear it, then he wants to confuse you. He wants to discredit it. He wants to discredit the messenger. He wants you to believe a lie. And how many lies does he have you believing right now? Is it about yourself? Is it about whether or not you're accepted by God? Or is it a lie about everything's fine? Everything's normal? Everything's good? No. To what extent do you believe the lies you're telling yourself? Ask yourself that. Really, seriously, for me, let's do some self-evaluation. You know, let's, ha let's have some self-awareness here. Am I lying to myself about anything in my life right now? Holy Spirit, lead me right now in the name of Jesus and expose to me areas in my life that I'm just lying to myself about. And what extent, say that prayer, to what extent are you lying to yourself? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 reads as such. We see this one. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound doctrine and wholesome teaching. No, they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. See? It's a basic business model. You can apply it to anything. You can apply it to twisting the gospel, confusing people. Any arena where there is truth and a moral standard, you can apply this to. 
If he can get you doing it, if he can get you doing it, lying to yourself, uh, you know, then hey, if Satan can get you lying to yourself, then that's just one less thing that he's got to do, right? So let's put it to an end, shall we? Can we do that? Let's put it to an end. You know, the best way to spot a lie is to know the truth already, is to know the truth already. Be in unity with the Holy Spirit. He won't let you down. I'm telling you, be in unity with the Holy Spirit. Your spirit will react when you hear a lie. And guess what? When your spirit reacts to hearing a lie, don't ignore it. It's like what we're, we're talking about on the radio show this morning, right? If you're reading the Word of God and you find something that doesn't make sense, and you're like, well, that doesn't sound like God. That sounds pretty, ah, oh, I'm in the Old Testament and there's some scary things happening. There's a lot of violence here. If, it doesn't, if, if, it's, if it's causing you to pause, the ancient rabbis call that a remez, saying, dig here, there's more truth for you to find underneath here, right? We need to do that. When the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is catching you, it's reacting to a lie, don't ignore that. Dig into it. Dig into it. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, 7 and 8, excuse me. Reads, now I pray to God that you do no evil. Not that we should appear approved, but that you should do what is honorable, though we may seem disqualified. Verse 8 For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Jesus is the truth, church. Jesus is the truth. Come on now, somebody say it with me. Jesus is the truth, the way, the life, the truth. No one comes to the Father but by him. The truth is a person. We are quickly, quickly approaching a time where the spiritually weak will be deceived. Now is the time to save yourself from this delusion. And we'll close with one last verse tonight. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 through 12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteousness, deception, with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish, because they did not receive, what did they not receive? Come on now, somebody type it in there. Say it with me. The love of the truth. You've got to love it, people. You've got to love it. They did not receive the love of the truth, that they may be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a, a strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all, verse 12, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You got to love the truth. You've got to love the truth. Don't you love it? You ever spend any time in the word of God and the Holy Spirit shows you something new and your heart starts beating faster and you know you're having a supernatural, spiritual, interdimensional encounter in that moment through reading a book, right? It's a book, right? The word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. And he's so good to, to 
reveal all truth to us. He's not a God that he should lie. Should I not show to Abraham, who is my friend, what I'm going to do, right? He wants to show you the truth. Oh, if, if you've never had that personal experience of having God personally show you, reveal to you the truth, uh, you can have that experience, I promise you. Call me, uh, email me, we'll talk about it. I'll pray with you. You'll experience it, I'm telling you. <sighs> so, in closing tonight, look, I, I understand that this message may seem a little on the fringe to some listening tonight, okay? Uh, those who still mistakenly think that a pastor should not, you know, should not talk about uh, things that will affect the future or our nation or the lives of my children, right? Uh, <laughs> there are those of you that still think that a pastor shouldn't talk about such things, right? If I'm speaking to you and that's you, I'm just going to simply leave you with this last quote tonight, and then we'll close. Can we see this quote? This is from e, uh, Ellie Weitzel. I think I'm saying that right. He's a Nobel laureate and Holocaust survivor. He said this. He said, always take sides. Always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages tormentor, never the tormented. Always take sides. Uh, I pick Jesus. I'm going to take his side. I'm going to stand on the side of the truth. How about you? Huh? With every eye closed and every head bowed tonight. If you're here tonight and the Holy Spirit is leading you into a place of surrender or into a place of hope, uh, into a, a place of uh, desiring uh, deeper knowledge and spiritual insight, whatever it is, Maybe there's just some things in your life that, that you're struggling with and you just need him to, to lift you up. Maybe you just need some strength and some comfort and you need, to, you need the mighty counselor tonight. You need the prince of peace. Whatever it is, let's just take this moment and lift up our needs to the Lord. And then we're going to say a prayer uh, of uh, declar de declaration of our faith at the end. So if you've never... Uh, you've never opened your mind and seen Jesus for who he is, for what he did on the cross, how he literally rose from the grave and did all of that for you to pay your debt, that all you'd have to do to be approved is to believe on him and trust him, that he has your, your salvation in hand. If you've never done that, uh, we're going to say that prayer of, of uh, faith tonight as well. Let's just pray, church. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your loving kindness, your faithfulness, Lord Jesus. We thank you that your ways are higher, God. We thank you that sometimes you don't give us our way because that's not what's best for us. You've got something better for us, Lord. We thank you that you're good to lead us, Father. Lord, help us be docile. Help us to listen for your voice, to ask you for leadership before we move, before we act, God. Walk with us, Lord. Continue to grow us, Father, further into knowledge, truth, and depth of insight, Lord. Give us courage to speak and to stand, Father. Wisdom, Father, on the words to speak and the battles to choose and step out on, Lord. Give us a bold spirit, Lord. A bold spirit, Father, 
uh, just uh, not a combative spirit, but a bold spirit to speak the truth, Lord Jesus. To do it in love, but to do it in truth and boldness, Lord Jesus. That we might even save some, Father. May if you say, save some to the gospel, Lord, or even save some from abuse that this, this tyrannical uh, global system is trying to put on people, Lord Jesus. Let us be lights in a dark place, God. Let us be lights in a dark place and let us shine with the light of Jesus. And now let's pray. If you're putting your faith and trust into him for the first time, or maybe you just need to say a prayer of recommittal tonight, let's say this prayer together. Speak it out loud as you pray. Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe that you love me. Come into my heart and make me new. Renew my heart, renew my mind, Lord God. Enlighten me to who you are. Show me who you are. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you paid it all and you paid my debt, God. I want intimacy with you. I want to know your presence. I want to feel your presence. I want you to strengthen me and encourage me. I want to know your word. I want to learn it. I want you to show yourself to me in it. Walk with me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he pour favor out on your lives. May you go in grace and prosper in all you do. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Verily, truth, so let it be. Amen. We'll see you Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We love you guys.